Hey folks, this is the Love of Cinema podcast. We like to talk movies. If you like to talk movies too, you have come to the right place. I would be wary to make a very content-driven film, uh, not let's say headlined by a major star in Telugu. I'd be wary of doing that, you know. Uh, but I would not worry about that so much when I am doing a very experimental film in Malayalam and I have no star actually in the film as well. Because I know that uh, the audience responds to a very nuanced storytelling as well. Same thing in, in Marathi as well. You know, uh, if you see our choices of films, uh, we've made, uh, you know, Cycle and, and, and Kashinath and so on and so forth. Hey guys, this is Himanshu, and you're listening to the Love of Cinema podcast. Welcome back for a fresh new episode. I'm going to name a few of my favorite films from last few years, and you try and guess a common thread across them. The films are Andadun, Margaret Over the Straw, Madras Cafe, Manto, Manjunath, Queen, Bombay Takis, Rangoon. They all have one thing in common. They all have been either produced or co-produced by Viacom 18 motion pictures. Today, we have with us the man who's been running the show at Viacom 18 motion pictures for the last six years, Ajit Andhare. The films which I just mentioned, all have come on his watch, so to speak. I thought it would be nice to reach out to him and invite him on the podcast to talk about a variety of topics like navigating the production slate, approach for doing postmortems of films, differences between the markets for regional cinema and Hindi cinema, explosion of content and OTT platforms from a studio's point of view, the issue of pay parity, and taking risks on newer talents, and much more. Ajit was kind enough to join us and talk in good detail and without holding back on all those topics. Just a quick friendly note about the podcast before we move on to our conversation. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, do check out our past episodes. If you enjoy similar conversations centered around films and streaming shows, do consider subscribing. You can find the Love of Cinema podcast on all major podcasting apps. Also, do review us on Apple Podcasts when you get a chance. It would help us out and would be much appreciated. And now, here's my chat with Ajit Andhari, top boss at Wycom 18 Motion Pictures. One of the reasons why I was looking forward uh, to having you on the podcast was uh, because some of my favorite films in the last six years or so, um, like Madras Cafe, Rangoon, Manto, Andadun, right. um, as well as Marathi films uh, like Ghanekar and Bhai have yes. all arrived over the course of the last six years on your watch, uh, so to speak. So uh, yes. first up, you know, I would love to hear from you uh, on your approach towards populating the production slate and your mantra, so to speak, about driving the slate. Uh, yes, so I'm glad we're we're having that conversation and that someone has noticed that there is, let's say, one studio behind all of this. Usually, uh, 
studios get drowned out in the uh, you know because they've always got stars and uh, and rightly so you know fronting the discussions but i'm glad we are having the chat in fact uh, uh, my approach actually has been uh, uh, to not focus on the slate at all i i believe slate is a very sort of almost a bit of a misused word uh, because the audience doesn't watch a slate uh they, they watch a film you know and uh, therefore my approach has been really that uh, one has to go film by film and a film has to have a very good reason to be made uh and 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 if uh, if a film makes sense then the resultant slate which is a collection of those films will will make sense uh, however uh, one has to keep in mind that when we talk about various markets uh, since you spoke about hindi marathi as well each market has a very different mix of audience and therefore the kind of stories that you choose to tell choose to green light or choose to produce uh, have to be in line with what market you are uh, you are facing so for instance uh, the marathi audience is a very content driven audience it doesn't uh, so much uh, you know care or respond as much to stars as some of the other markets you know malayalam is also a market like that very story driven content driven right uh, while while telugu uh, is uh, very conventional in the sense that it's still very star driven and hindi is in the midst of a very interesting transition which uh, which we uh, in in a sense uh, spotted early and you know started making the the so called new age or different uh, the differentiated cinema you know some of which you named as well uh, so i think uh, to each market and to each audience uh, there is a phase in which they sort of respond to different kinds of storytelling and once you are conscious of that keeping the audience at the heart of it uh, then you go about uh, sort of picking and selecting the stories that you want to tell uh, that's been the first maxim uh, the other maxim really has been that to not uh, uh, sort of look at the films in 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 a conventional manner like the industry usually used to look at it in a very conventional manner typically hindi films used to be very star led star driven uh, the approach we've taken at vicomity in studios is that uh, there is audience uh, out there which will respond to anything uh, which is unique and powerful enough you know uh, and that unique uh, dimension need not be in star it can actually be in a story as well and which is why you see films uh, like a bhag milka or a or a queen or a kahani or uh, you know or more recently andadhun uh, so these are all uh, if you would notice that they are actually uh, very strong on the written material they are strong scripts they either have something very powerful uh, in terms of the plot or a high concept uh, they are structurally very very uh, uh, they are structurally stronger material and therefore that's what i have uh focused on rather than uh, relying on purely star power you would also notice that all of these still had uh, reasonable uh, uh, you know star power in those films as well so the, there is a balance that you need to strike in terms of how do you still reach a film to a large number of people which is where the the casting comes in and it's important to have uh, some weight of cast uh, in in the, in these films uh, uh but at the heart of it has been a powerful story and and a unique story and in fact something which usually has not been told and that's been the attempt to to sort of choose narratives which have been um, untried which have been new and to take creative risks uh and, and, and uh, take it with an audience which 
which is clearly seeming to respond to it and that explains the kind of cinema that you see coming from ycom 18 studios correct me if i'm wrong so as i understand you said your approach is essentially you know you're emphasizing on the content and the story and then uh, moving from there and like you said the markets are different for regional uh, as compared to hindi uh, what what kind of major differences are there when you're making that call as to um, let's say uh, you have a movie right that you would like to green light uh, let me give you an example like for example i know that uh, when rahi barve was trying to make tumbad he wanted to make mm-hmm. it in marathi because mm-hmm. it was essentially in the marathi milieu right but yeah. it wasn't possible to make it in marathi because of the market dynamics and the mm-hmm. commercial aspects and the budgeting of the film if i understand it correctly so what mm-hmm. what kind of analysis and what kind of uh, approach do you take there as to you know what kind of material is um, suitable for regional markets and what kind of material should be um, you know is uh, grinded for the national markets so uh, as i said you know uh, even within regional the markets are very different so uh, you have to look at each language market as a separate one so if you take uh, uh, for instance we made a malayalam film with uh, with dilip recently which ran very well in the theaters uh, right. Malay- malayalam uh, uh, and marathi these are what i call story or content based markets they respond to stories very well so you can do a lot of experiments in fact to your point i think tumbar should have been made in marathi i think it would have possibly made a greater noise it would have had possibly a greater uh, uh, you know share of audience as well uh, although it did of course make an impact in hindi as well so uh, so these these language markets are the ones which actually need not have a star in a film uh, for the film to succeed and therefore you can be far more uh, uh, open uh, to uh you know very di- different kinds of storytelling in fact even in tamil if you see there is a film recently called super deluxe you know which yes. is a very very eclectic film it's a film that i absolutely love and i think Wonderful. i often t- tell my hindi colleagues that we are so far away from making you know a really modern film in that sense uh, or a new age film uh, which some of the regional markets are making in this case tamil Uh, uh but but what happens is tamil telugu still are essentially fan based culture you know you still have your massive following for the big stars you have the first day rituals of people turning up since early morning even now to watch a rajnikanth film and all of that so those undercurrents are, are unique to telugu and and, and 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 tamil to an extent uh those are not so much prevalent in let's say malayalam or marathi and and these these are therefore very different markets in which you would actually pick very different kind of films which is why telugu is great at making the prahubalis the sahos you know the high drama high scale uh, uh, a little over the top kind of aesthetic that is very very sort of uh, ingrained in that market and which to that audience responds to very well big so action set pieces Big, big action set pieces and and, and a little you know the sort of over the top theatrical you know if you see the narrative of bahubali or saho you know the drama is is not it's it's not realism it's it's far away from realism it's it's way over the top is very filmy you know as we say now that audience responds very well to to that kind of cinema you know so i think those are some of the characters the characteristics that you you do keep in mind so for instance i would be wary to make a very content driven film uh, not let's say headlined by a major star in telugu i'd be wary of doing that you know 
but I would not worry about that so much when I am doing a very experimental film in Malayalam and I have no star actually in the film as well. Because I know that uh, the audience responds to a very nuanced storytelling as well. Same thing in, in Marathi as well. You know, uh, if you see our choices of films, uh, we've made, uh, you know, Cycle and, and, and Kashinath and so on and so forth. Yes, of course, these films are some, I mean, Kashinath had Subodh in it. But uh, I think the, 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 the main uh, driving force is uh, that stories and scripts and experimentation is rewarded by certain kind of markets. So make those for those markets uh, while while stay with uh, the kind of you know response which fans give in another kind of market. I think that to me is 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 an important aspect to keep in mind. And since we are talking about Marathi films, I was going to come back to this later, but let's uh, segue there first. So I think you touched upon this, uh, but I would just like to drill down a little bit more. Um, sure. You know, for example, uh, <clears throat> I had posed uh, this question to Abhijit Deshpande and Nipun Dharmadikari when mm. they were guests on this podcast, and they gave me very interesting different answers, and I will try to ask you the same question, and I would right. love to um, hear um, your opinion on it. Um, you said it's a different market, and they're driven through different dynamics. For example, the southern markets are more star-driven and they're more like star vehicles. Uh, but like, for example, why don't we see, um, you know, the kind of genre smashing, edgy uh, cinema in Marathi? Uh, we have had some great Marathi films and, you know, two of those were uh, Viacom pictures in recent memory. Kashinath was an excellent picture. And I also love Bhai, uh, the Pura right. biopic a lot but why don't we see pictures like the ones that you mentioned like super deluxe or like the telugu movie awe and and these can be in fact you know there doesn't have to be a star uh, because these are real totally content driven so for example you know something like a fresh retelling of an iconic uh vijay tendulkar play you know reimagined around a major political party of the day or um maybe like a graphic novel like treatment to you know the um legends of uh, stories like Zafikar Brothers. And I'm always wondering why and when we will see this kind of cinema in Marathi. No, that's a very interesting question. I have a hypothesis. I think it has, it has got to do with, uh, with the makeup of the audience and the, the larger sort of culture in that, uh, in that region, you know. Uh, so Marathi, for instance, is uh, the Marathi audience is a fairly, uh, the culture is fairly classical. It looks towards the past. You know, any any culture which is coming from a great heritage, whether it's in the it's in their literature or it's in the, uh, you know, the freedom movement, you know, uh, uh, Maharashtra is very, very culture rich. And so is, uh, for instance, uh, Bengal as well, you know, and I think what tends to happen is therefore uh, when a society is uh, is it, it, it looks a, a lot at its heritage and it, it's a little classical in its thinking, it tends to look back. To celebrate, let's say, the glory of the past, and to mine the, you know, fine literature, or to mine the fine, uh, you know, giants that have happened in, in, in any milieu. Which is why you see, whether it's uh, whether it's the story of Lokmanya Tilak, or whether it's the story of Akashinath Ghanekar or Bhai. You know, we love. I mean, I'm a Maharashtrian, and we love our or icons so much, uh, our literary right. icons, uh, that we we tend to respond to them a lot more. Now, uh, the, the interesting part is uh, also I think the audience profile is slightly older. If you really drill down into the demo- demographics, let's say a Marathi audience today is a far younger audience. In, and I'm talking about theater going audience compared to a Maharashtrian audience, which tends to be a little older. 
So I think slightly older demographic, an approach of nostalgia, romance, and celebration of your heritage and past makes us mind those subjects, you know, uh, a lot more uh, than in some of the other places, which simply don't have any any of those cultural uh, sort of uh, you know foundations. I mean. For instance, why is America making films only on uh, on comic books? Uh, because there is no other cultural sort of basis or you know sort of literature in that sense which feeds popular imagination. You know, uh, while popular imagination is fed a lot still by the cultural sort of rootings in in a Maharashtra or in in Bangla, which is why a Feluda keeps on getting made and you know uh, a Satyajit Ray literature keeps on sort of re-expressing itself and so on and so forth. So these are slightly more uh looking at the past and having a lot of pride in their past kind of societies uh, which by corollary may not be the best place uh, to do uh, some of the more, more modern experimentation of the kind that you refer to you know uh, and i'm not saying that uh, it, uh, or it will absolutely not work but it tends to be favoring the the past rather than go and try something completely new uh, because you need a slightly different audience profile, which is possibly a little more freer in its mindset, a lot more open, a lot more experimentative, possibly a lot younger to embrace, you know, some of these newer uh, forms, formats or, or experiments. So many times when we get something new or modern, in fact, there is a subject which uh, was very dear to us, but we were not sure whether uh, whether the Marathi audience will actually embrace a subject like that, but because it's 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 very modern, very progressive, and almost anything which is modern and progressive ends up challenging what is traditional and what is uh, uh, held therefore dear and sort of sacred by uh, by by some of these societies, and that tends to uh, sort of rear people more into uh, uh, you know the heritage and past for the hunt of subjects and stories rather than, uh, you know, do experiments with a more risky future-oriented subject. Interesting that you mentioned it. Uh, is there anything you can tell us more about that uh, subject that you were just uh, referring to? Uh, I mean, yes. I mean, it's a subject which has, for example, a far more modern take on relationship. Uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, let's say uh, the, the, at the heart of it, the subject is, uh, is a relationship with a person, let's say, who's uh, who's, who's dying, and where this uh, where this woman from uh, from abroad comes, falls in love, and in fact, you know, ends up having his baby, and so on and so forth. You know, now uh, some of these themes uh, are are very modern because they challenge what is the notion of uh, you know what we consider, let's say, the sanction of a family for a certain kind of relationship, and so on and so forth. So whether I mean, we've explored, for example, issues like uh, a widow remarriage. Uh, there has been a film like a Coxparsh and so on and so forth. So I think uh, uh, it, it's a very interesting thing that we are open to questioning, uh, uh, you know, some of the norms within the boundaries of what the past has been, you know. Uh, but when it comes to sort of taking that same conversation in future, I'm not sure what will be the response of the audience. So I think it, it's also, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a worry as to whether this audience will take it with will embrace a subject like this or not you know personally i think it's a, it's a it's a deeply moving film it's it's a greatly progressive sort of thought and refreshing kind of cinema that uh, one would want a marathi cinema also to embrace but because of this classical nature one is not sure whether we can pick that direction as of now and these are the kind of sort of judgment calls that go into 
a uh, lot of uh, you know subjects that we select across across markets a lot of films that we choose to produce or not to and of course some of these calls may not be right all the time but we have to make those calls well i hope uh, you certainly get to making that film i for one would love to watch uh, movies on <laughs> subjects like these so yes. <laughs> but that's a market yes. of one i guess <laughs> yes 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 absolutely yes i mean hindi for instance today has opened up a lot more than than it was earlier so hindi market if you see which is why hindi is in such sure. an exciting space to tell various kinds of stories and 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 i think i mean if you look at some of the recent successes like even the tashkan files and uh, you know badla the kind of numbers it did of course andhadhun is a big example of you know uh, as to how how open the hindi audience has now become uh, you know and when i say hindi it's actually the multiplex audience so the multiplex audience in in some sense is actually very homogenous across markets so the multiplex audience in china is very similar to the multiplex audience in india they are all educated they are all sort of economically very well placed and they are actually paying for the experience and they are open to different kinds of storytelling and that perhaps explains why a film like andadhun succeeded so well in china because if 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 an urban multiplex Uh, audience can respond to it in one geography it will respond to it in another geography as well and that hypothesis has played out correctly as we've seen how the chinese which is a completely different set of audience have embraced the film uh, the way in indian uh, multi multiplex audience embraced it ajit how um, easy was it uh, green lighting a film like andadun was it a complete no brainer or was there some thought behind it uh, when you guys first heard the script Yeah no no it's a it's a very interesting question because see in originally there was supposed to be a star who was to play this role uh, who backed out uh, you know he didn't actually eventually take up the film uh, when we heard the film the film was still in development uh, it was not fully ready almost 70% of the script was ready but we still had to work uh, with Sriram and his team to sort of develop the film further uh, what drew me to the film was that it was a again very strong plot driven subject so it was a structurally very very strong film because it keeps if uh, it keeps ahead of the audience you're always guessing as to what is happening next you rarely get plots of, of as tight and as well woven as that you know usually you will as an intelligent audience know okay where is this headed uh, and therefore i was very convinced that we have to do this film irrespective of who's really playing the lead because the strength of the film is a very very unique Uh, uh sort of uh, atmosphere that is there in this film which is very very dark and macabre at the same time you're actually having fun you know uh, you don't see this kind of a combination uh, uh, usually at all and therefore that clearly was the second aspect other than the very strong plot that drew me towards this film and uh, of course then we went into casting and we had various options and finally we settled on to uh, ayushman and that of course proved, proved to be a you know a great casting he he performed the lead very well but to me this was always a story it was always the uniqueness in the plot and the uniqueness in the flavor of the film uh, where do you get how often do you see dark humor in 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 bollywood you know you may see it in hollywood but you don't see dark humor that 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 commonly done so when you see a dark humor a plot driven film uh, you will of course uh, be drawn towards it so it wasn't tough at all but developing the film and then saying that okay how are we going to sort of uh, develop the second half post the organ mafia and so on and so forth so that was a, a very long process uh, and that was interesting and i think that's something we enjoyed a lot so it has it has actually been more of an organic journey of this film coming together rather than simply 
picking this completely ready film it's something that we were sort of we went along to develop and uh, we ended up being where we are in terms of what that film uh, the whole story turned out and 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 the way then later of course it was embraced by the audience that's great to hear the story behind anandun so my favorite film of last year hands down and in fact right. even for this year up until sonchiria which i really loved as well right. uh, uh next uh, ajit i wanted to ask you about post mortems of films uh, especially of those you know which uh, don't meet your expectations because um, honestly i mean we ha- all have expectations right about whatever we are working on and when they are not met um how how much sp- time do you guys spend on doing the postmortems of a film and uh, what's your approach towards that and then i wanted to segue to the next question based on your answer uh, for this but i'll let you um, elaborate on that first yeah so see postmortem is in- inevitable because each film is like a relationship that you are in you know you commit yourself based on certain instinct certain gut feel some judgment some objectivity and a collection of all of these things right uh so it's it's like getting into a relationship and it's also a long term relationship because you stay with the subject right through the scripting casting production you know everything and you evolve and so on and so forth so naturally when a film uh, with which you stayed and a relationship with you, to which you've committed it doesn't sort of go in the direction that you anticipated or hoped for it is a humongous amount of heartbreak you know and that's why i use the analogy of relationship and uh, it's inevitable uh, to 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 do a postmortem because once you see uh, uh, the full reaction in terms of how the various segments whether it's critics or the audience or the numbers once they come in uh, and you will then go back and say okay that which which of these assumptions haven't played out uh, so we do that but many times it it really uh, isn't very productive as well because it's it's first of all every film experience is very unique and what happened to let's say film a may not necessarily mean anything to a new journey you know so while the postmortems are inevitable first uh, because you're so close to it uh, b you're in a good position because you all you have all the initial sort of whatever hypothesis logic instinct everything and then the so pre and post is very clearly available but what i'm not sure is how productive it is you know for instance take one of our films which did not work at all rangoon uh it's very hard to piece it together as to why the film uh underperforms so much in the theaters so while i can understand you know uh, a, you know some degree of uh, performance not up to the expectation but but the film just absolutely was virtually cold shouldered by at the box office and that's something which we were stunned by and we we wonder even till now as to what really happened with that you know uh, uh so so sometimes you know these are these uh these things uh i mean you can analyze them you can draw out certain conclusions i'm not sure how useful they are because it, it, it's a theorem which may not then apply to anything else because a new subject is a completely new experience it's a new set of assumptions and and if you make certain rules out of one learning and apply to the other i think it it can be very counterproductive so it needs to be like i think uh, it it is very much the raul dravid analogy of play the ball on its merit each ball as it comes and then forget it and then start afresh i think that's the only way it works because if you keep thinking about the last ball and what did you think and how then you will lose confidence because the fact is if you made a film then you've invested everything in it uh, your belief your your thinking your method all of it and if it has not come good uh 
<laughs> and then you take that too seriously then you will suffer from a phenomenal amount of loss of confidence because you are going back to the same instinct the same uh, you know broadly the same method and you're not really changing your furniture too much when you face a new ball you're the same batsman right so you can't you can't actually think you can't possibly take too much out of a film of course if there are some obvious mistakes you've made then then those are useful and you can know them and you also know some of the risks that you've taken which you were hoping will be will be pulled off like we made a film called budhiya singh born to run uh, it is a beautiful yes. film and uh, it's a it's a tragic film uh, it 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 is a difficult film but a powerful one at that and we were conscious that you know uh, it wasn't really sort of uh, 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 wasn't really packed with a star cast of any of any great weight and therefore that challenge would be there but we were still hoping for a slightly better result uh but it didn't come but in that case we know that okay this is a film which possibly just couldn't go to the audience you know because it had uh, it had a certain star cast issue uh so that you understand and 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 possibly you will sort of keep be more conscious of this next time over you know uh but many times like i kept uh, i tell you about rangoon you know it's it's hard to say even raw uh, you know the film that we recently did romeo akbar walter uh, uh we we expected a lot more from the film than what we got so so these are difficult ones uh, they're they're like a relationship i don't know how much can you learn from one when you start another <laughs> well put well put <laughs> you know uh, so that i guess what we can distill that down to is that the takeaways that you can do based on the postmortems can't really be abstracted uh, up you know the something that you can apply to other films so i guess that's why you're saying that there's not much um reason to do those postmortems and it's interesting you know i was talking to a prominent filmmaker a few weeks ago and i asked mm-hmm. him the same question uh, mm-hmm. as to if he makes any postmortems about films and he said absolutely not he said because mm-hmm. simply because nobody knows anything and you can never kind of pinpoint the reason it felt just like yeah. you cannot pinpoint the reason that a particular film clicked you might think so that you know it clicked or it failed because of this reason but that's just one man's opinion and you know you cannot really abstract that out yes yeah, so i think uh, i i i by and large agree with that but there are two parts to it i think there is certain use of a postmortem as far as only that film is concerned because there you can say okay these were my various in ingoing assumptions this is what panned out so at least i know which work which didn't work which is useful to a certain extent where i am saying the second part is to abstract something out of it and then to apply it to another film can be very dangerous because right. as i said you know that film is a different journey and and i can't therefore pluck out lessons from this one failure or success and apply to another one you know uh, so i think those that 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 algorithm that method or that instinct all of that pretty much remains same hopefully it it it, it learns something from this experience and sort of the attempt is that you try and sort of improve and sharpen but yes i w- i would i would tend to agree with what the gentleman said that you know i think uh, and, and to me the reason is because every film is such a different and very unique uh, uh, relationship however if for instance you are making a sports biopic and you have done sports biopic then clearly there are learnings that are transferable you know so you know that okay what are the things which have worked and what are some of the things to which audience responded within a certain kind of storytelling within a certain kind of a genre you know or or if you take a thriller so i think within within stories which are similar or which are kind of in a similar emotional space there is uh, there is some amount of learning that you you can certainly do 
but that's again at a very nuanced level and 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 uh, and, and uh, hard to sort of you know pick it up at a very large level and point it out that you know this can be sort of transferred and so on and so forth makes sense yes and you already touched on rangoon but that's the question that i was going to segue to uh, you know personally i really like rangoon a lot uh, it's quintessentially vishal bharadwaj you know in that it's uh, beautifully nuanced uh, the songs are expertly woven in with the narrative and it's just a fascinating fascinating uh, interplay between politics and cinema and Absolutely. in my opinion it's easily among one of kangana's and shahid's best performances Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I know you said that uh, you guys tried to think a lot about this, and uh, you uh, it's it's difficult to pinpoint what could be behind its uh, inability to connect with the audiences. But just in your personal opinion, as a movie goer, goer what uh, is there anything that you took away as to uh, from the failure of this film? I'll tell you uh, why why it's difficult to answer that. I'll still try and attempt it. Uh, so there are two things. here one is that how good was the film and what was the response to that film that's that's an answer you get once let's say a film has been seen by the audience the trouble that happened with rangoon is that very very few people went and actually saw the film which means the problem was in terms of getting people to the theater now what is it that made people stay away from it you know it was a powerful cast it is a unique triangle it is a period piece it looks spectacular on screen in terms of you know the the material that was put out for promotion and so on and so forth but what is it that that if you see the numbers and the kind of first day box office and the audience and footfalls that we got that is where the shocker was that when you put together a star cast of shahid kangana and saif and it's a vishal bharadwaj film with a certain uh, level of mounting you expect a certain kind of footfall to come through you know and that may not that what you get may be a sort of 80 90% 70% lower than what you expected which is understandable but what happened with rangoon is that the the actual footfalls were drastically lower and that's something that we couldn't really put our fingers to as to why so somehow people kind of stayed away from the film i would have been uh, happy to uh, to take a to take a situation where people have seen the film and many of them may not like the way the film ended or they don't like the second half or they feel, they feel that it becomes a little you know maybe the character turn of saif is something which is hard to stomach for people those are those are absolutely you know uh, legitimate arguments and to each his own you know cinema is subjective uh, but then we would have at least seen uh, a certain kind of opening and a certain kind of consumption uh, the issue in rangoon was that it was almost like a silent Uh, reception to the film and that is something that we've not been able to piece together because we had a powerful marketing campaign going there was significant amount of deployment and uh, it, it's like you call a big party and you know uh, and and you have stars attending that party and all of that and there's a lot of excitement and you you look at all your parameters because we have various dipsticks and various uh, feedback research that keeps coming to us which is pointing you in one direction and then on that day suddenly the number of people who turn up is half of your minimum estimate that is is something which is hard to pinpoint and that's exactly what uh, uh, what a lot of industry people also noticed which is why uh, people were a little stunned by the kind of response that it got at the box office in the initial days and and that's something which is hard to to fathom coming to the film yes there were some views uh, where people had i think in the second half the film does change its color and and the way the film concludes especially 
uh, when Kangana basically, you know, uh, runs to go with Shahid and, and the, the way Saif's character turns and especially the bridge sequence, all of that, I think there are, there are enough number of people who felt that maybe, you know, that, that wasn't consistent with the with the rest of the film, was, which was far more sensitive and it, it almost became a little theatrical end and so on and so forth, which to me are all, you know, uh, I, I can live with all of that, <laughs> you know. But what is hard to understand is is the kind of almost no show uh, reception to the film that happened in the first two days or the first three days of the opening weekend. Mm, I see. Well, uh, here's hoping that the film does eventually find its uh, audience, you know, one way or another. Um, and you know, there are many uh, instances of films uh, being cult hits way after they have been released. So I'm hoping that Rangoon is one of those. No. Absolutely. And there are so many number of people who keep coming back to me and send me messages saying that it was actually an awesome film and they love the film. I think you you mentioned you also love the film. So oh, yeah, again, I absolutely loved it. Yes. 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 But yes, that's that's the nature of the beast. You know, sometimes you do deal with a complete heartbreak. Now, Ajit, uh, Disney is often uh, criticized uh, you know, for only making the big franchise films reboots of old Disney hits, um, essentially, you know, the big money spinners. Now, how do you keep a commercial shop, uh, which at the end of the day uh, does worship at the altar of uh, ROI, like any other commercial venture, from falling into that trap and continuing to take risks and continuing to try something different, something out of the box? Yes. So interestingly, the Indian cinema or Hindi cinema dynamics are very different from, uh, let's say, the Disney dynamics that you're mentioning. Uh, why I say so is because if you make a big star film in Hindi, actually the film does not have a great return. It is actually a, a less risky venture where the bulk of the value is appropriated by the uh, the star machinery. So it's actually star, a lesser right. the big star. So therefore, it's actually a safer venture from a slate or a studio point of view. It's more a volume driver because you will churn bigger numbers. But actually, it's, it may not return. It may not be very high on the return on uh, your investment. Uh, that's because, A, your investment is high and your returns are actually appropriated, as I said, by, by, the, uh, by the star uh, uh, and, and the various things that go in the big film. On the contrary, uh, so it's actually, it's, it's financially, it's not a big risk. Yeah, it's actually less of a risk, you know, because star films uh, in that sense or the big franchise films, they have a greater chance of succeeding, you know. Uh, if you see the other films, which are actually uh, the kind of films that we spoke about, they have a far greater uh, creative risk. Uh, and 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 uh, But the return on them is, is much higher because if you see, most of them will be very tightly produced. Uh, it will be on, 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 on tight budgets. It will be cast in, in a manner which is uh, to the film, and uh, therefore, your costs are under control. And therefore, the returns that you make as a producer or as a studio on any such venture uh, is actually going to be significantly higher. So we've consistently operated on this business model for now last so many years. So if you if you look at the, the six national awards that we have, five of them are also uh, films which uh, have commercially delivered big time for us. So if you see the first one, Bhag Milka is, is a big commercial hit. If you look at Mericom, it's a commercial hit. If you look at Queen, it's a big commercial hit. And so is Andathun. And none of them are sort of massively led by uh, Starship, you know. 
so uh, so therefore the point i'm making is actually these films are far better on roe uh, or return on uh, or roi or return on investment and they actually give you far better commercial returns you know what disney does is of course disney is using a lot of technology it's using a lot of franchise material which they own they're not so much star dependent and therefore going and doing that uh, is very remunerative for them of course they are operating in a global market so that is a very different dynamics at play uh, while in india some of these mid budget films which generate great amount of box office response uh, actually also generate a great amount of uh, 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 you know commercial success for the uh, for the studio and therefore makes a lot of commercial sense how has the distribution model which has been practically blown open by the ott platforms changed the business from a studio's point of view i think it's a great development because see uh, uh, what has happened is that distribution has always been the limiting factor when it comes to uh, uh, you know dissemination of content so if you see theaters today theaters in in india are essentially what limits the films to uh you know just 3000 or 2500 for a big film or smaller numbers of screens for a smaller uh, mid budget film uh so the theatrical scenario in india is not bright at all uh, as compared to let's say either europe or us or china you know we are a hugely underscreened country uh however we are a massively cinema loving audience so the only way you are going to solve this problem is either you like china go and you know populate your whole country with massive amount of theaters which is unlikely to happen in any re- recent future you know there's no evidence of that happening uh, however uh, what you've got is this ott is and you've got the cable and satellite television which is humongously distributing your content to various households so the content can travel a lot and a cinema crazy country can actually consume its cinema in you know at at any point of consumption it is not only limited to theaters so therefore it's it's actually occurred uh, ag- very well for for the business of cinema it's an additional channel which is actually the largest uh, soon it's going to be the largest in terms of the number of people who will uh, you the number of consumers that you will touch uh, through this channel and sure. uh, it and it it uh, complements uh, the theatrical experience see what you will notice in india is that while the films are being consumed on ott platforms they have been consumed on satellite television uh, they are also doing very well in theaters you know so uh, uh, you know if you see some of the smaller films as well which normally you would say that oh these are digital films one would watch at home they are all getting watched and the tashkan file clo- you know went close to 20 crores of box office uh, you know uh, even mere pyare prime minister or the other one sorry the uh, the other prime minister film the uh, accidental prime accidental minister accidental. you know accidental you know even these films which you, which you would say okay nobody will watch them in theater are getting consumed in theaters so Uh, to me it's actually as i said you know india is an and country so this and that can coexist and thrive together and that's what seems to be happening at the moment and uh, i think that's that's great news for filmmakers you know you got multiple channels the film will get ex- and they don't compete people who see in theater they are going there for a theatrical experience that's a small club which pays that uh, pays for that experience then you've got of course people who will by uh, who will consume it on a subscriber video on demand platform like netflix amazon or or a hotstar and then of course you have people who will consume it on uh, free on on when i say free you know part of their subscription on on a on a cable and satellite television so you are addressing three different segments uh, through the three three different windows of time and i think that's how any efficient product gets uh, distributed across various consumers in any other sector as well you've got multiple channels multiple touch points 
by which consumers which value different experiences are paying for it so it's a great place to be right and on the flip side uh, some argue that uh, because of this uh, you know mushrooming of the ott platforms and so many essentially platforms where you can put out the content the quality of content has been diluted a bit uh, what's your take on that oh i completely believe in the contrary i think the quality of content has only gone up if you kind if you see the kind of storytelling that you see in a sacred games or even in a delhi crime or for the for that matter even in made in heaven which is on amazon uh, it has completely opened us to diverse kind of storytelling you know and i think any time when distribution uh, opens the door and becomes more uh, uh, sort of wide and open you will see new narratives and more open kind of i mean new kind of narratives and more kind of storytelling uh, you know spreading very well uh, how did it happen in theaters that so many different kinds of stories are being told in hindi it happened because of multiplex phenomena earlier if you see hindi cinema was very very monochromatic you know it had only one common shade either there was a relationship drama or there was this phase of an angry young man or you know you are you are catering to a large single screen where uh, uh, where everyone is seeing the same film and there is no other choice so when you came to multiplex you started seeing slightly more urban films like a dil chahta hai or a monsoon wedding and so on and so forth and which is why today uh, an andhadhun or a badai ho or or even a stree you know gets consumed alongside a total dhamal so i think every time distribution has opened up creativity and you know the 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 opportunity to content has thrived this has always been the case and the same is happening even in digital platform because the lesser restrictions you have of distribution the more risks you can take uh, the more diverse form of storytelling you can embrace and you can see it in, in in the way if you see the kind of cuts that you see in a netflix series the kind of hard cuts you see i mean you would not see that in a more popular form of entertainment on let's say a tv or a film you know so people are able to deploy those techniques of a hard cut uh, you know because Uh, they know that a very discerning and a new age audience is watching them and 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 there is no uh, there's no great worry of rejection when you rely on distribution one of the big problems is a great worry of rejection which which sort of pegs you back that because uh, distribution has a certain cost uh, i have to be very sure that only this content which works i can i can supply that content so the more uh, your distribution risks reduce you can take greater risks and it has always led to uh, Uh, you know more more forms of uh, you know new storytelling more forms of creative output and that's the direction we are going in right i think i agree with you i i i kind of disagree with people who argue over saturation and over saturation because i think what it eventually does is it raises the bar and i think that's what uh, we are seeing absolutely 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 Ajit, it's been now two years uh, since the conversation around um, gender-based pay parity reached uh, somewhat critical mass in the world of Hindi cinema. You know, after Anushka, Kangana, Deepika, among others, uh, really spoke out in a major way about the lack of parity. What progress have we made towards addressing that issue and uh, moving towards parity? Look, I think to me, this uh, this whole issue has been uh, framed in a in a very unnecessary narrative. when people say disparity it seems sir as if somebody is designing this disparity and saying that okay you are a woman so you're going to be paid less you are a man you're going to be paid more no no it's 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 not that way at all why have 
uh, why have the stars commanded the kind of numbers or remunerations or salaries or fees that they have commanded is because they have also been box office draws you know because they bring value in terms of getting people to theater on day one which is why a producer puts those kind of dollars in in, in paying them now when they, when women have started playing the lead role and audience has started coming to theaters even for what we call the female led or the women oriented or women led films producers will be happy to bankroll women led stars so this is actually in my mind not at all a issue of gender disparity it is essentially a simple film commercial logic and film is a very secular business wherever there is value uh, you know uh, your 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 uh, uh, your fees and salaries have all aligned them to the values when a star is big when he is successful then he is always always at its uh, you know the peak of what he can command when the same star starts not delivering then his value becomes less is the same person with the same gender then why is the disparity now it's because of the performance and it's because of for the response that he commands at box office and that's been the case with the uh, with with some of the um, you know female centric films and now that female centric films have started doing well that has resulted in uh, the remuneration for the uh, for the leading heroines also going up and it is not because somebody suddenly has woken up to the issue oh i need to pay the women also well and so on and so forth this just gets framed very wrongly i feel you know i think people are missing the real commercial logic that that underpins the entire transaction you know star prices are a function of what they are able to bring to box office and that's what has uh, happened and that's why the remuneration has gone up but uh, so let me uh, let me uh, pick your brain a little bit over there so let's say we are not talking about stars right uh, let's say we are just talking about two good actors one female actor and one male actor and let's say both of them have supporting um, roles in a particular picture do you think we are at a position where both of them will be uh, are in a position to demand the same kind of uh, compensation absolutely the way a producer will arrive at that compensation is what is the weight this person is bringing to the film and what are my other options actually people don't realize how uh, what should i what is the word how secular and uh, how secular and how when i say secular i don't mean in the religious sense but how uh, you know, person agnostic some of these things are you are really trying to make a product where you are incurring a cost and you are going to see a certain return so you judge these things by what return you will bring you know and uh, same goes for supporting actors and it happens many times many supporting actors they uh, they tend to uh, ask a lot more and then you take a call that okay this this doesn't add value to my film so i will actually cast someone else so this is actually not a gender issue in my head at all you know this is more a a, a far more nuanced commercial related uh, conversation and uh, and not really Uh, not certainly so much a gender disparity as it is made out to be i kind of disagree uh, with you uh, on some of it but i i do also see your point in the way that this particular conversation has been framed and um, uh, you know it's just uh, it's just uh, difficult to fathom when you know uh, some of the major uh, female voices like uh, the names that i took uh, believe that you know they are being uh, they are not being paid um, um towards parity it's difficult to see the argument otherwise you know what i mean yeah which is what i'm saying it's because how it has been framed there is no there is no concept of parity nobody is trying to do uh, you know do parity or disparity you are essentially trying to just balance a cost and revenue equation 
so so what i'm saying is the underlying thinking is producer thinking is is, is very different he is not worried about these uh, and and my best uh, argument against it is that why is it that it is improving it is improving because these films now led by women are finding audience and if a producer is going to see audience come to theaters irrespective of gender he is going to pay them because they are getting audience to the theater it's essentially a commercial business at the end of the day and you have to balance your costs and revenues and that drives a lot of these casting calls ajit now you have been um, running a studio for 6 years uh, right uh, like we talked about before uh, what what kind of advice would you give uh, somebody who is just starting out as a young studio executive on two things uh, one in dealing with superstars you know stars with massive egos and massive leverage and two on taking risks on your talents i think uh, i think what, what one one useful uh, approach is always that uh, you know studios have long been populated by uh, the manager prototype you know and i think that that needs to change i think studios uh, need could to could you uh, elaborate a little bit on that what that means see uh, yeah so i'm saying uh, yeah. you know studios typically have had a lot of people who come from the business side you know uh, or purely the marketing side you know i think it it helps a lot if the profile of people is is someone who's actually has a lot more empathy and understanding of a of a maker so you need a maker's profile you need a content person someone who has a content perspective rather than purely a business perspective i think that always helps Uh, because then you are judging a film or a material for what it is worth in terms of content and not trying to put together a project for a certain sort of you know uh, value that 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 might add up on a spreadsheet uh, i think to me that's important so for anyone working in a studio it's i would say it's important to have a maker's perspective which is why we've actually encouraged a lot of making culture within ycom meeting studios so most of my people in my creative team have all made short films by themselves they have all written films uh, some of them direct films and i think people who work on the other side of judging content uh, it will do them a lot good if 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 they do all of this because it just refines their understanding so much uh, it just makes them far more uh, rounded to understand uh, uh, good material to respond to good material and to generate what i call the maker's perspective rather than a manager's perspective you know uh, films is not like uh, shampoo soaps or cars it's a creative product uh, it's 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 uh, it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of subjectivity and i think you need to have uh, a certain degree of empathy a certain degree of sensitivity of a maker um, uh, you know or a creator to be able to really be a good partner in a creative process i think that's something that we have followed uh, and we benefited a lot from from in 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 vicomating studios you know and some of these things are uh, are 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 far easily done than they are uh, thought to be done you know uh, it, it, it's not that hard to try and you know so we have a big short films culture here where we there's a lot of short films watching there is a lot of short film discussions that happens uh and that therefore creates a, a maker's culture you know you understand what it is to take a shot you understand uh what it is to have a appropriate graph in a film you understand what what uh, what do you mean by that you know a, a person playing a role or a person being a character a person sort of bringing a certain kind of a magical performance to a moment uh, some of these things are hard to understand if you only approach them intellectually 
it is important to experience them to get a far more visceral feel of what these things are and that's what makes cinema or content making different from any other product uh, that it is a lot about uh, how you feel because ultimately the the whole attempt in a cinematic journey is to is to move a person who's watching that that film or consuming that story you we are in the business of moving people so how will you do that unless sort of you don't have a great uh, empathy understanding of what it takes to move people you know so i think having a maker's mindset uh, will 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 round off your objectivity very well and will be will put you in a great position to to be a very very uh, sort of sought after partner uh, for various creative people uh, you know who who are into the who are the who are in the process of making films i think that's an important uh, aspect to 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 sort of keep in mind and what's your um, uh, advice on taking risks on your talents and uh, this were like uh, debut talents you don't take risk on debut talent in many ways uh, you, you know while it it comes across that way you're actually taking risk on something else in which there is a debut talent you know so for instance you might be taking a risk on the story you know in which there is a debut talent uh, uh, so uh, i think that, that that's an important aspect which is you should be sure what are you betting on you know so Uh, so for instance we we bet a lot more on material we bet a lot more on story which is what gives us a great degree of comfort to therefore also work with people who might be new because uh, we are relying a lot more on 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 the hardware and and hoping that this hardware mm-hmm. will essentially deliver you know so i think sometimes that gets spun across as a story of saying oh we bet on the newcomer but actually newcomer happened to be in his story on which we were betting <laughs> you know that's part one uh, in terms of betting on a newcomer we actually uh, then it comes to purely whether you are uh, you know backing a certain sort of uh, acting talent you know and that is uh, is again extremely subjective and uh, uh, you know this, i mean this is something which we've sort of done less often uh, we've been far more uh, sort of uh, far more on the side of material and on the side of the making talent you know for example new directors if i'm working with new directors then the one currency that i look for or is that are they are they going to give their life for this project you know i think creativity creativity at some level is all about desperation you know everybody can be creative if he is desperate enough you know why does a person come up with a poem because he is desperate to express himself in a certain manner so if 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 a director is really desperate when i say desperate i don't mean it in the sort of negative sense when he is he is going to sort of exchange hungry. anything to uh, yeah hungry anything to to make that film to tell that story i think it's a great uh, uh, it's 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 a great ingredient to rely on because then then you will get uh, uh, you will get the magic that you're looking for you know you will get that because we uh, see ultimately we forget that film is about it's a performance art right everyone is performing so in that moment when a shot is being taken an actor is performing and a director is doing a very important performance of either agreeing to that performance or to say <laughs> no there can be a better one so it's a very in the moment profession you know so which is why i i emphasize the the heart bit the the empathy bit and the feel bit and the hunger bit uh, otherwise you can just okay any shot and sort of get by and you know <laughs> you will say that okay you know, i just don't feel that that punch in the film so i think everyone has to punch above their weight they have to give their absolute best and then all of this has to come together uh, this is this is a very arduous task isn't it <laughs> when so many right. people don't possibly even meet each other which is where uh, i think it becomes important that 
the passion i think overrides a, a lot of other things and it will compensate for a lot of other things and a lot of other things can be learned can be borrowed can be bought in terms of expertise and so on and so forth but you can't buy passion you know that has to be ingrained and i think that's the other thing we look at when you are trying to look at when you say betting on something new whether it's director or even sometimes possibly the actors as well although i have said that we haven't gone to the new actor route as much all right and finally ajit a uh, couple of recommendations um, what what's uh, what are you watching right now or what are you reading right now and one recommendation about again a book a show or a film about the business of movies i would recommend to anyone who is a hindi film watcher please watch this film called super deluxe you know uh, yes yes he just spoke about that it's it's uh, it's Fabulous it's, an, film. it's absolutely an awesome film and it actually tells you what storytelling can be you know and uh, I, therefore it i think breaks completely new grounds it's hard to describe to someone who's not seen that film as to what it is all about you know it's bizarre in some sense uh, i think that's something which i will uh, certainly recommend uh, what else uh, am i doing right now what else am i reading i was reading Especially something yes, about sir. the business of movies or um, anything uh, related to movies I think you should you should you should uh, read stuff which is actually outside of movies. I've just reading Satyajit Ray's best collection of short stories, and I'm amazed at uh, you know nice. how much good, good material is out there and how those stories have been written and there is so much uh, so much power in them. There is so much of an atmosphere that he manages to generate. You know, I think uh, people who are making films they need to sort of keep themselves open to a lot of uh, stuff outside of cinema you know we tend yes. to get boxed into our own world and i i'm always trying to open it and say okay go and watch uh, go and read some books you know i think we should read more books i'd recommend this i'd recommend amitabh ghosh's trilogy called ibis uh, yes, if somebody yes. is thinking of making a grand scale cinema or series I absolutely think that it's a wonderful piece of uh, you know literature which uh, i am dying to see on 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 screen you know and any um, exciting projects that you guys are working about which you can talk about uh, just uh, briefly oh yes so we are right now working on uh, uh, developing we are close to in fact uh, hopefully we'll you know get into production soon in a few months so this is the story of uh, the indian women cricketers you know uh, centered around mithali and the nucleus of the women oh, cricket lovely. team that has okay. that has achieved so much you know so you, we were talking about women uh led films and this is a time when you know especially sporting women in india have really punched above their weights whether you look at you know heema das or whether you look at uh, um uh, the the other uh, lady who won in 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 a uh, in a motor in a motor rally i forget i think her name is pisse uh, i'm forgetting her name archana pisse or someone someone so i mean there has been a spate of these women who done really wonderfully well and uh, uh, i am somehow inspired a lot by women who sort of you know fight all odds and achieve uh, uh, oh, beyond yes. uh, you know what 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 is been given to them and i think in that sense this is a this is a story which is going to be a very exciting story it's it's ironical that in a cricket loving country which is so crazy about its cricket uh, how can it be so ignorant about what its women cricketers have done and therefore to me that's a very interesting space to tell a story so we have developed this film in house completely we've written it in house uh you know within the studio uh, we've not even hired a writer for this you know it's our own uh, team who has written it uh, and it's now in a shape where we are we are casting it and and, and we are uh, progressing that film so that's a very interesting film that i am uh, that i'm very passionate about hopefully 
Uh, is there a director locked in? We are just uh, doing that as we speak. Okay. You know, this is happening this week. Yeah. Plus, there is a lot of excitement on our regional front as well. So we've just uh, we are launching this Nikka Zeldar. Now this is the other end of the spectrum. You know, the fun Punjabi films. You know, which don't wear any content hat very seriously, but completely entertain and you know they sort of. So that's the other end of the market. You know, uh, which is. So we are doing that on 20th. Uh, so this is a franchise film which is in its third outing called Nikka Zeldar, so which we which is uh, headlined by Amy Birk, and uh, that's something that we are very excited about. Uh, you know, as, as as something which is uh, we, we haven't done a lot of Punjabi films. In fact, uh, uh, in a long time, this is our first one, and uh, we are hoping that we'll learn something new in this market, and hopefully, uh, there will be a commercial success that uh, the film will achieve as well. so there is a lot of happening on the regional front you know telugu uh, tamil there are there are interesting films in tamil there is one which we are doing with karthi which is uh, uh, soon going to be announced uh, that is in the works uh, there is a film with uh, dulkar salman as well uh, which is a very interesting film uh, kadum kadum uh, which is in the works so there is some action which is happening down south uh, there is some development happening on marathi punjabi film i spoke about of course the other big one that's keeping us is very busy is lal singh chadda the film that we are doing oh yeah everybody is looking forward to that yes so that film is uh, is something where we just finished the entire uh, casting recently and uh, we've logged all the principal and the secondary characters and we are now prepping and amir is also sort of in prep for playing the for for, for the lead role and so that film is also in 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 uh, gearing up uh, fully for pre production That was great, Ajit. Uh, thanks a lot. I really appreciate uh, you coming in on the podcast and chatting with us. And I got a chance to ask you all the questions I always wanted to. So <laughs> that was great. Thank you, Iman. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We don't get a lot of uh, meaningful conversations happening around this part of the world, you know. So it's a good thing for a change. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you got a chance to do that. <laughs> Thank great. you. Thank you so. Thank, Thank you so much, Ajit. That was my chat with Ajit Andar. I'm glad we got to have a meaningful conversation as he very well put it. I also appreciated Ajit talking about Rangoon so candidly. A film which I really liked and wished it had fared better at the box office. Before we wrap up today's episode, I wanted to read out a few comments from listeners which have made my way since the last episode. I'll start with Natasha's comment who says I recently started listening to your podcast on Castbox FM and two episodes in I'm a fan already. Hope you will include more writers and character actors. Thank you Natasha. My goal with the podcast is to have people from all walks of cinema. If any of you have particular suggestions for guests, do chime in on Twitter. I'll definitely try to reach out to them. Moving on. Next comment is from Ankit. Ankit says Hey, I know it is easier said than done, but can we get Shriram Raghun for one of your podcasts? I have like hundreds of questions to ask him. Ankit, thanks for your comment, and same here. Raghun is one of my favorite filmmakers too. I'll definitely try to reach out to him. Next comment is from Manish. Manish says, "Hey, loved your podcast with Abhijit Deshpande and Nipun Dharmadikari." Then he says in Marathi. तू राही अनिल बर्वे बरोबर पॉडकास्ट कर विच फॉर दोज हू डोंट स्पीक मराठी मीन्स 
please get Rahi Anil Barve on the podcast. Hey Manish, thanks for listening and I would love to have Barve on the podcast. I've been trying to reach him so far without any luck, unfortunately. But I'll keep trying, I'll tell you that. If you have a comment, suggestion, or anything which you would like to add to the conversation held on the episode, do drop us a comment. We would love to hear it. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at loveofcinemasf8 for podcast-related updates and my tweets on all things movies. That's all I got. See you next week. This is Imanchu signing off. And like always, thank you for listening to the Love of Cinema podcast.